Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Three minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Well, it's kind of like a a makeshift studio Lumo, Mark Bickley, because you are wonderfully sitting in there and Mm. I am in a hotel room in Cairns right now. Um, You can send us a text, 0427 154 I'm here for the Australian Diamonds who are facing South Africa in uh, the first of a three-game series tonight. It's humid looking out my window while it's wet and windy today in South Australia. It's quite humid and sticky in Cairns. Would you like to swap places? Yeah, no, look... As we've been speaking this morning, it started off very sort of dull and overcast, but the sun is just poking through. So I can uh, sort of give you the thumbs up there. We're starting to look okay here today. I know the the forecast is partly cloudy showers, top of 15 degrees. Whilst it's going to be cool, it is looking okay at the moment. So maybe those showers might be coming later today. Now, But you've never really believed in anyone when it comes to a weather forecaster, have you? You don't trust them. Well, I just feel like it's um, it, it, they have a bet each way, don't they? You know, partly cloudy, like it's either cloudy or it's not, or there's a few clouds, basically what they're saying. Um, chance of a shower. <laughs> like, I reckon I could come up with that, couldn't you? If, if there's a few clouds around, there's a chance of a shower. And then I'll give them the... the um, Give us the, you know, when they give us the maximum, generally that's around the mark. I think that's handy to have. But the the little commentary on the side, it's it's hit and miss at best, I would think. Don't you, do you agree or not? I absolutely disagree. But I can understand <laughs> why you think that because sometimes your opinions have been seen to be those of weather people. When I ask your opinion on sport, <laughs> yeah, you'll exactly. sit on the fence and pick one or the other. Oh, they could win or they might lose. I mean, it's a game of two halves, so we'll see what happens. So yeah. maybe you... I when could make a good at, weatherman. When you were at Channel 9 doing the sport, were you envious of the weather person, Xavier Minicon, or whoever was there at the time? Who was doing the weather at that point? Well, you're right. Xavier Minicon was there. I think Ali Clark was doing the weather for a little while whilst I was right. there. Um, and then I think they did away with the weather person on the weekend. Just did you enjoy doing the, the television broadcasting side of things? I haven't really spoken to you about this before, uh, yeah. and we haven't really well, it's planned a long, it. But... It's a long time ago. It was uh, I, I did it straight out of football. So that was 2004 through to about 2008. So it's we're talking 15 years ago. I was a newsreader. So you retired in 2003, mm-hmm. right, the end of 2003. Yes. Because you had the, a career path, which I think is a – courageous thing to do and you did that but then could you have played in 2004 like was there a contract in front of you if you don't mind me asking yes there was yeah so I had the option to play but it was we we had been challenging so in 2002 Adelaide had made the prelim final 2003 we just started to drop down the other side so we finished sixth and so then the reason I was playing was to try and win another flag and when that looked unlikely I decided I would sort of step aside and give someone else a go. Uh, and as it turned out, 2004 turned into a disastrous year because Gary Ayres got the sack and um, they didn't do very well, missed the finals and Neil Craig took over. So are you saying that because you weren't part of the setup, the Crows had a disastrous 2004? No, all I'm saying is I read the play and I could see that we were sort of 
going down the other side of the mountain. Um, mm. But what happened next was pretty interesting because Neil Craig took over in 2005 and without adding too many players at all, they went from being outside the eight and a very ordinary team to finishing, I think, in the top two. So 2005, 2006, they were either first or second in both those years. So Neil Craig had a profound impact on that group. Right. Well, speaking of which, actually, profound impact, Ange Postacoglu in the Premier League is having a profound impact on football and world football. I mean, you know you've made it when Piers Morgan is tweeting about you on his social media, and that's what he was doing last night, saying, I hate this guy because he seems like a real winner. Ange is making waves throughout sport, Biggs. Well, it is, and, and this time, yesterday morning, we were sort of marvelling at his team and Tottenham and what they were able to do, that another win. Well, just got a couple of grabs from his post, uh, post-match post press conference where he talked about the players and his, his message to them about uh, getting ahead of themselves. They've got the message, mate. Don't worry. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, look, and, and it's not about sort of being, you know, super critical of them because the, the reality is, you know, like I said, the, the, they've done really well so far and I thought off the ball we were still outstanding today, you know, elite, but there's no doubt, you know, and there'll be plenty of vision for me to show them with that second half where we just didn't play the football we want to and as I said, the, <clears throat> I've been around long enough to know the game will will bring you down pretty quickly if you if you go away from those kind of principles. Now, you know, the ideal in, in the football world is you want to learn, learn these messages um, and learn these lessons while you're winning rather than, than, than through defeat, but just because we won doesn't mean that you should escape, you know, the opportunity to improve and, you know, that's what exists for us now. Mm, there you go. It speaks a lot of sense, Ange Postacoglu. So he's doing exactly what he talked about there. Even though they've got some improvement, they're doing that whilst they're winning and uh, everyone's having a lot of fun. He created a new record, you were telling me, Jared? Yeah, I'll, ta- I'll talk you through his record. So... Um... 23 points from their first nine matches, seven wins, two draws, no defeats. The total is a new record for the total number of points ever won by a new manager after nine matches. Um, The previous record was held by Mike Walker and Gus Hiddink, former Socceroos coach, both 22. And according to um, a statistical organisation, only eight sides in Premier League history have started a campaign with more than 23 points from their first nine games, with four of them going on to win the title, three ending second and one ending third. So earlier this month, Postacoglu uh, claimed his second consecutive manager of the month. So it's all it's all going well. Um, there will be a there will be a yeah. stumble. That's just There's what happens. One, one way to go from that. here. Yeah, and I think. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of the the pundits in the UK are waiting for. But it's a wonderful story, though. Yeah, it is. No doubt about that. He also went on to say, whilst he was telling his players not to get ahead of themselves, he had some advice for the fans. You know, just because I'm grumpy doesn't mean everyone else has to be. You know, their supporters, um, you know, supporters need to enjoy this. Uh, they're a big part of sort of what we've created so far. This is our, our fourth home game, and they've played a, a massive role in creating a great energy within the stadium. And you know, and, and that helps us. And you know, the lads have sent them home happy tonight. And and, and from that point of view, it's a, it's a credit to them. Mm, he's got a great feel, I think, Ange Postacoglu, for uh, you know the, the fans and and. A responsibility that he has to try and entertain them and make sure that they walk away happy, which is what he's been able to do. And that, that's what's made him, I think, or endeared him to a lot of the, the English public. He's a knockabout sort of fellow. You can hear the 
the um, the people in the press conference having a chuckle when he says, oh, I'm going to stay grumpy and the fans can enjoy themselves. So, um, yeah, he's, he's really enjoying a, a nice little honeymoon period. But as you said, there will come a time where the, the results will dip because it is such a long and demanding uh, competition. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next and how he handles it and how the press handle him. I think he's really consistent too because he was like that at Celtic where a lot of people in the press ask what the fans should be doing and he's he's basically just saying embrace the moment while you're in the moment and enjoy the good times and that's what football can do for so many people and if you think about um, what Tottenham have been able to do under Ange and that is without Harry Kane, you know, we're, we're talking about the skipper of England here, yeah. um, to be not there, I think pre-season... All the fans were up in arms thinking, well, we are no chance of even qualifying for Champions League, let alone being at the top of the table after nine games or whatever it is. So um, they're doing amazing things, um, Tottenham under Ange. Mm, and just uh, changing the topic slightly, uh, the boys last night, Kimbo on the Rooch, had Kevin Shifter Sheehan on. Now, um, Kevin Sheehan looks after all the, the young talent at the AFL Academy uh, amongst the, all the talent all across Australia as well. And... The, the chat was really interesting. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, they put to him what Port Adelaide might do. Now, Port Adelaide have picked 73. A lot of the pundits think that will come in significantly. And uh, this is what Kevin Sheehan had to say about Port Adelaide's draft hand. We've actually scanned across 129 players that have been invited in that are the main contenders. It could be someone outside of that. When you choose them late, it'll be just something that... Uh, that, uh, that you do fancy. Maybe they'll push up. There's still time to, you know, maybe uh, invest in some future picks of next year and try and get back into this draft. So all that can still occur. It's a, it's a moving feast, this draft. There's still trade periods on now where clubs can trade. There's trading on the night. So they might try and, uh, you know, use a little bit of uh, the future to actually get back into this draft. So, but picking late, look, you don't know who's going to be there on the board. They'll, they might wait and just see if any of the players that they fancy later are still there. They might use the choice. They could even hold that and uh, get two or three players in over, over summer. You've got what we call now the supplemental period where you can uh, trial a few and, and, uh, and then choose the best of them over that summer period. So there's quite a few options for them. Mm, so there you go. Um... Not sure that Port Adelaide got a whole lot of draft capital going forward into next year. No, so, just the one pick. <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of uh, Kevin was saying, oh, they might want to trade some of their picks from next year to get back yeah. into this year. Once again, I don't think they've got a whole lot next year. Um, th there was one interesting person uh, the, the, uh, from South Australia, a young man, who a lot of people are talking about, and that is a young uh, boy from South Adelaide called Taylor Goad. Now, Taylor is unique because he's very, very tall. He's well over 200 centimetres, but he has... Uh, some speed and some agility. And so a lot of people don't really know where he's going to end up on draft night. Uh, Kevin Sheehan spoke about the young man last night. I had a text actually from a scout telling me about him. Uh, well, he, he would have been playing about an under-18 game for South Adelaide yep. early in the year. He might not have been in their state squad at the time. And just saying, gee, they've got to have a look at this fella. Mm. And, of course, they did include him, and he, he played state footy. That's big Taylor Godin. By the end of the year, he was a premiership player there at South Adelaide's uh, under-18 level. And, was well, we just seen some glimpses of that national level playing for SA. Uh, what an athlete he is. That stands out. He, he came across here to that combine we talked of, and uh, he's in the top seven or eight for speed over 20 metres. He's yeah. 206 
207 centimetres. He's a massive boy, but he's got to be long-term. So if you invest in him, you look and you know, give him the two or three years needed to, to really get up to, the, I suppose, the, the weights you need to compete against the big bodies in the AFL. He's got the height, he's got the athleticism, mm. he's still learning the ruck craft, but there's some really promising signs. And I think he's one yeah. of yeah, four or five ruckmen that will end up on a list uh, somewhere through the draft. Mm. There you go, 206 centimetres, uh, top seven in uh, speed, also very high in agility. Came late to footy, played at Westminster College this year along with the South Adelaide under 18s who won the premiership. So... Yeah, interesting. I saw him, Bix, on grand final day, and I felt like he needed to get his birth certificate looked at because he's such a big boy. <laughs> I thought, no, you are not. You are actually 25, and you are lying. It's the hormones in the chicken. It must be. He's still growing. Uh, can you believe yeah, that? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, there's – whilst uh, like Port Adelaide don't have a huge draft hand, Adelaide have three picks inside the top 20. So as we move closer and closer towards the draft, which is uh, in November – we will start sort of profiling some of the, the young South Australians who will uh, take part in that. Don't forget, you can listen to The Run Home with Kimbo on the Reach from 3. And, of course, as you heard, uh, you can listen to Sports Day SA with uh, Dan Mental and Blighty. It's on Cruise 1323, SENSA 1629, and the app, it is 16 minutes past 7. Good morning.